It's time once again for another episode of All That's Jazz, the podcast that explores everything in the world of jazz. And here now is your host, Alan Scott. Hello and welcome to another episode of All That's Jazz. Sanaa Kodora is an innovative drummer and composer. Her latest and second album as a leader is called Duality. The thematic focus of this release is the balance between light and dark, which tells a story of hope and resilience. latest project is one that Sanaa is quite proud of. This is the first project that I'm I'm fully, fully proud of. I, I know I did everything that I possibly could to have my vision come to life, so I'm, I'm really excited about this one. Sanaa, thank you very much for being our guest on All That's Jazz. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. Well, and I'm excited today to talk to you about your sophomore release, which is called Duality. I would like to see if we could learn a little bit more about you. You're Canadian-born and uh, of a heritage from Lebanon. Mm-hmm. You position yourself, even on your website, as being a Lebanese-Canadian drummer. Mm. Yeah, that's. I don't think I know of... Uh, many other Lebanese Canadian drummers, or I mean, on you know, on this side of the pond, any Lebanese drummers. It's it's. Uh, I've had a hard time finding my people. <laughs> Let's say that, but it's interesting. I think I bring a different spice to the mix. I think that's important too, because it it shows that not only is that a fair representation of your legacy and heritage. But at the same time, it shows your uniqueness. Uh, mm. And like you said, there probably are not that many Lebanese drummers that are in the jazz uh, genre. Yeah, yeah, especially America, Canada. Um, I don't think there are many uh, Lebanese musicians over here at all, really. I think maybe I know one or two, and I don't think they live here anymore. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm just kind of trying to pave the way. <laughs> So you were born in Calgary, is that uh, as I understand it? Yes, I was born in the mountains, and then I I moved when I was about uh, 1920, I think. Tell me about your connection to music. Uh, in one of your promotions for your original or your first album as a leader, which was Hawkeyes, you did a little fundraising campaign, and you did a little description of yourself uh, to entice uh, potential donors to uh, fund a part of your production and uh, things. And you talked about some of your background and so forth. And you said that when you were younger, 
you happened to walk along somewhere and you saw a drum set and it was black <laughs> and it had uh, fire, fire coming from the bottom of it. Uh, and that was the first time you ever fell in love at the age of 12. Yeah, it was, uh, it was really crazy. We were on, I was on some type of trip and everybody had went off and done their thing. And I just sat there and stared at it. Like I, I didn't really understand what that pull was, but something in me knew that that was for me. And of course it was the coolest thing in the world. There was fire coming up on this drum set. And I had always, um, I've always loved music. My mom would always play Stevie Wonder and Michael Jackson and Whitney Houston. And that, um, my older brother, you know, was a huge Tupac fan. So that was the type of music I grew up around. And of course, Lebanese music, Arabic music. But yeah, I saw the drum set and, and I, I knew that was it for me. <laughs> I just, I knew. And so, it took a while to get there, but I never, never gave it up. There you go. And the rest is history. So, yeah. but in that process or in that experience, were you actually involved in music earlier, like either in grammar school or had you started taking some music lessons? I was in band, but I never took lessons. Well, I took lesson. I took a couple lessons before I went to college. I think I took two and and somehow got in. But I was, I was always interested, at, and I wanted to be in the jazz band in junior high, and I signed up for it. And I was like, I'm going to learn how to play the drums. And then he kicked me out because I didn't know how to play the drums. <laughs> so <laughs> I was like, but you're supposed to teach me how to play the. Isn't that what you're supposed to do? So that was a nice kick in the butt to have more fire. Oh, okay. So you said I can't play the drums and everybody else is saying I can't play the drums, but guess what? I'm going to play the drums <laughs> kind of thing. So I'll teach you. <laughs> yeah. And, and my whole life is a revenge to my, to my high school band teacher. <laughs> it developed a fervor apparently in you because when you got your first set of drumsticks, you started learning all the drumline solos from the movie Drumline. <laughs> yep, and I I played it on the VHS case. <laughs> oh, really? Quietly every night. <laughs> yeah, that VHS case was uh, pretty beat up by the end of of that phase. But yeah, I learned them all by ear, and just I just needed to know. It was so cool, you know. So there's the something in it that I needed more of. So while you beat this VHS case to death, I guess the, the million-dollar question has to be, did you ever get that black drum set with the fire? Someone actually brought this up to me the other day. It's really funny. They're like, you should put some fire on your drum set. <laughs> and I was like, it's really crazy that it was at a show, and I was playing a black drum set. And they're like, it looks so cool with some fire. And I laughed because... It wasn't the first time someone was, had said to me, you should get a fire black drum set. Maybe that could be your thing. And I haven't up to this point, but now I'm seriously starting to think about it. <laughs> Might have to call Pearl up and say, hey, can you, uh, can you do this for me? That would be a beautiful circle right there. Well, you know, it was meant to be. If it truly yeah. affected you when you saw that first kit, it should be a part of your life, yes? Mm, yeah, it's beautiful. So you started playing drums. Uh, you went on through a development of uh, learning more about music, etc. And uh, you actually uh, studied 
at uh, SUNY Purchase, and uh, you have a master's of music and jazz drum set performance? Yes, yes, I do. No, it was a beautiful experience uh, doing that in New York because it's so close to the hub. So I did spend more time downtown learning in the hours of, you know, 1 to 4 a.m. with the sessions. And at that point, we had... Roy Hargrove on the scene, who was there every night that he could possibly be. And all of us in that generation just learned so much from him. And coming to New York was uh, was a part of your educational pursuit, or did you want to uh, use that as a stepping stone to further your professional career? My main point was I wanted to study with John Riley. I am glad that it got me to the point where I could do my master's with John Riley who is, in my opinion, the best drum educator we have. So that was a, uh, an honor, really, to be one of his students. I knew that I needed to be in New York, and if that was the best way for me to get here as a Canadian, then that's what I needed to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was there any one particular individual that was uh, either a mentor or someone that uh, gave you that big break that led you to where you are now? I don't think there was one person along the way. There were definitely folks that helped guide me in certain ways, whether it was, you know, calling me for a gig and me learning so much that way, or just from chatting and learning about the business or, or talking about music and concept Mm -hmm. there, there are definitely, I definitely look up to a lot of a lot of folks that have helped me along my way, but I don't think I would say that there's one person that that uh, kind of opened the door for me. I what think a, it was just a cumulative effort, you know. What about drummers? Uh, are there any particular drummers that are of uh, major interest or inspiration for you? Oh yeah, there are so many alive. I really, really enjoy Marcus Gilmore and Obed Calvert and Jonathan Blake. Those are, they're all amazing human beings and, and phenomenal drummers. And to me, it's a, it's a huge thing to be an amazing human being mm-hmm. first. Then I can like really connect to the music because the energy is, is from love, you know? So those three right there have been a huge influence for me. On and off the bandstand. And so through your professional career, by way of uh, all of uh, the accomplishments uh, and experiences that you had, you, in 2018, put out your debut release called Hawkeyes. Tell us about that one. Ah, yeah. So at that point in my life, I was I was actually supposed to record it maybe a year beforehand, and I had had a, an accident. Uh, I, I fell and hit my head and uh, ended up with a traumatic brain injury. Mm. So we had to postpone it. And so that meant that I, we were recording in the middle of the healing. And I had to change some arrangements and, and have what the album was fit to more where I was at that point in my life.
was a huge healing point for me. And for a lot of folks that have had head injuries, I, I can't describe the feeling of having TBI survivors come up to me at a show and tell me about their story and, and how my music has helped them and it's given them hope and, and it's just is the most beautiful thing in the world. So I'm 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 proud of that. I also I also recognize that's where I was at when I recorded that, right? And I think it's just part of the part of the experience that an album is a snapshot of where you are at that time, at that moment, of who you are at that time because, you know, hopefully we keep growing. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so I'm 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 proud of everything that I've done because it it's part of my journey and I'm excited where I'm going to go, you know. So was this the inception of a thematic approach to your music to where now in 2023 you have uh, produced the album called Duality, and this is uh, one that focuses on the balance between light and dark. Is that an extension of what you were trying to achieve through Hawkeyes? Yeah, I think this is the next step, really. This is this is the internal battle that we all face. We all have that within us. And I think it's easy to say that sometimes humans can connect through our darknesses and then help each other to the light. And I think the music on duality kind of shows that through its dual melodies and and the different energetic vibes through each piece and how not just the songs but the way it's laid out throughout the album this album i really heard it from beginning to end as a story through each song through each composition so there is a there is a a flow from starts at the gemini's and it starts in this darker moody concept And then you come to the last song, Rise, where it's about, you know, using those struggles as steps, you know, to build your, your elevation, to, to get higher. think that message comes across when you develop a theme and uh, try to 
convey a message, if you will, but unless as a listener, I haven't read the the liner notes or maybe some of the history on your website, et cetera, how would I know that this is your theme? It's mm, a great question. So my so the interesting thing is you can listen to one song and you can feel that song and you can be connected to that song and that is great and I love that. When someone puts out an album like this where the theme is from beginning to end, I think it's important if you if that's what you're looking for to start from the beginning and listen through it as you are listening to art, you know, respecting that art. Like when you listen to an album, that's what you're doing. Mm-hmm. You know, but also at the same time if if folks you know, I know I would always get obsessed with a tune here and a tune here too. But in terms of the message, I think the whole message really is conveyed through the story of duality. And I think honestly that music for a lot of us uh, is sometimes uh, and often a a passive sort of activity. But when you actively listen to something, I mm. think the message does come through. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. It's it can be difficult in times like these, you know, it's it's singles culture, which this is the first time I had done singles. I didn't really even know how to do them. <laughs> mm. But I think yeah, as the artist, you're seeing this whole picture. You know, imagine seeing one corner of a painting and trying to understand what the artist was trying to convey. It's harder that way. You may have your own perception about that corner and you may love that corner and that may be all you want and that's fine. But if you if you want to really feel the whole artist, you have to see the whole canvas. Mm-hmm. I don't think any of us could get through a day without some kind of music. I don't, I don't think so. I'm with you on that one. It's, it's, um, it's a part of everything for me, really, you know. I enjoy sitting down and actively listening to my friends and peers and mentors' albums and understanding their journey on it. I enjoy checking out different types of music. Imagine imagine what life would be like mm-hmm. without art. There are so many times in my life that one song or one album has gotten me through the, the harder times. Mm-hmm. And it's just an honor to be able to be that for people. It's such a big deal. Every night we get on a bandstand and people are coming to get some healing and we are healing ourselves as well. And there's just this beautiful energy through this art. And it's just so beautiful that we get to be that. Having said that, I'm wondering about the title of the album, which is Duality. And we talked uh, about the fact that it's a theme about the balance of uh, light and dark. Is that what duality means or why you called it duality? Yeah, I called it duality because within those two, let's say dual, right? Those two energetic forms, you can't be in one all the time. There is this flow. And of course, maybe we'd like to be in the light more. And I don't mean darkness by negativity. I try and stay away from that. But I think the light and the dark, they're of each other. But the darkness doesn't have to be viewed as negativity. But how they intertwine and how you flow within your life and flow with within those realms 
I think is going to be how you either land in your positivity or your negativity, which I think makes a huge difference in one's life. Mm, well said. So this music on the album is described as being a modern jazz idiom with hints of neo-soul. Is that, a, mm. is that a, a proper or a good descriptive? I mean, I think that's all perception, you know, which is a beautiful thing. I, I agree. In my perception, I agree. Modern jazz, hints of neo-soul, hints of Arabian influences, you know, some different spices. I feel like this album truly envelops my loves you know i love all these types of music i love music and whatever way i am to express what i'm trying to convey at that point whether it comes out in a dilla beat or a straight ahead swing or a modern you know that's just that feeling at that time and how i'm channeling that energy then are there hints of uh, a lebanese culture in the mix too Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I don't, I don't think that I can take that part out of me. <laughs> there's, there's, there's a, there are a few tunes in there that are, um, it's much more obvious, but even in the modern jazz or Dilla stuff, there's still that hint in there for me. I hear it. I feel it. So I think it's just always there. Oh, I think it is. It's very evident. <laughs> if anyone has ever listened to any Lebanese music, you, you can hear that uh, the, the, the tone, the emotion, the, maybe some of the beats or chords mm. that reflect what Lebanese people uh, would enjoy uh, as a part of their musical culture. Absolutely, absolutely. You have a rather personal uh, note and nature to the tune called Zaytun, which is a tribute to your mother? Yeah, so whenever I get homesick, I I have to I eat some olives and I and it makes me feel better. We're we're olive people, so <laughs> um zaytun means olive. It's also her favorite song. <laughs> so I don't think she had a choice in that one. What about uh, When It's Time? Mm. I'm interested about that one. It has kind of a, a waltz flavor to it. Yeah, it's. I wanted it to be uh, a slower, not just a ballad feeling, 
but still have movement. But this song, there's this sadness in it, but there's also this hope in it. And I think that duality for me is, is that song. And I think everyone that hears it, they always say that to me as well. It's, it's sad, but it's hopeful. And I'm like, exactly. That, it almost sounds like an Irish folk song, really. <laughs> that of of when it's time is while you're in that flow as humans we're always trying to get somewhere we're always trying to get somewhere fast or be somewhere but you know it's it's okay to be where you're at when you're there and everything will happen when it's time so the the last tune on on the album itself uh, is the one that we talked about rise mm, rise the reason of of having lyrics in that one is sometimes it's easier for us to connect to lyrics. So I wanted that message to be so clear that no matter, no matter what you can, you can rise, you can build those steps. You can use those struggles as steps to get higher and higher to what you're envisioning for yourself or, or what you need or what you feel. And I think Joanna Majoko just did a phenomenal job. The whole band did really. It was so beautiful. So who wrote the lyrics? Because this is the only one with lyrics. Mm, I did. I wrote the lyrics. And I, I also sang some background vocals when it comes to the, the rock choir in the end. <laughs> Any other secrets to let us in on? <laughs> I also did interpretive dance. <laughs> you can't you can't see it, but you can feel it. <laughs> uh, sh- if only we could have studio cam. <laughs> next album, I'll put that on the next one. The diverse ensemble gathered together for this recording features top flight musicians from New York City and Canada. This impressive group includes Stacy Dillard on soprano saxophone, Rachel Therrien on trumpet and flugelhorn, Virginia McDonald on clarinet, Joanna Majoko and Padam Hagigi on vocals, Michael King on piano, Jonathan Michelle on bass, and Flavio Silva on guitar. 
To say that Sanaa is thrilled about this band would be an understatement. I think a big thing for this album for me was these are my friends. These are my my best friends, and they're all at the top of the game. So it was a win-win. This album, it's so diverse in every way. It's pretty much half and half, male, female. There's non-binary folk, all, you know, many different races, many different sexual orientations. This is just about the music. And it was so beautiful that it ended up that way, <laughs> mm. you know? It was just how it ended. And I looked at it one time and I was like, oh, that's how this should be, you know? Not putting a band together in hopes of something that isn't about the music, you know? And it just, it just, this was the, the best cast I could have imagined, really. I was so lucky to have this cast. It was ridiculous, really. <laughs> so what's the overall message that you hope would be derived from listeners of Duality? We all have that internal struggle. We all battle ourselves at one point or another in our lives. But at the end of the day, there has to be this surrender and this allowance of the flow of life so you can enjoy the life, you know? So it's about finding the little things, being grateful for all the things, because it's part of that journey. It's part of your existence and your movement and helping you get to wherever you're going. And whatever that is for you, that's okay. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I think it's a beautiful message uh, that comes across that way in the sense that it's like, I hear you, I know you, I feel you, but don't worry about it. Just keep going because there is hope. Yeah, the awareness is, is key. That's so beautiful. Thank you. So, Sanaa, what comes next for you folks? Well, I'm on tour right now, and we have about a week left. And once that happens, I'm going to take a very long nap. <laughs> I'm going to go on a vacation. It's been nine months of 12 to 16-hour days every day, but I've loved every moment of it. I've been, I just really believe in this. I really do with my whole being. And I know that this can help people as much as it's helped me. So we go, we go on. Mm -hmm. I, I, I always, I'm always writing music. I'm always playing. So there will be another record very soon, I'm sure. So the, uh, the wheels are spinning, and sooner oh, yeah. or later there's something coming out. I have so many ideas, I'm having a hard time picking one to focus on. <laughs> That's my issue. I'm like, this is a great idea. This is a, oh, I need, oh, this is it. You know, so it's like I have a few in the, in the bank right now that I need to pick which one is the most me right now where I'm at. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then just got to keep keep telling the truth, keep uh, keeping the eyes open, you know, opening eyes, and coming we'll, with a compassionate heart. We'll and all know and learn more later after the vacation then. <laughs> yeah, yep, absolutely. So one final note, how could our listeners learn more about you and the music? Mm, well, my website is www.sanamusic.com. That's S-A-N-A-H music.com. 
my band camp is the best way to find my music, which is sanakadora.bandcamp.com. But if you go on my Instagram, I have all the links to everything. And my Instagram is at sanakadora. Nice and simple. <laughs> Those are usually the most effective ways. Keep it simple. And this has been a true delight, Sana. I, I thank you very much for taking the time to be our guest and a special one at that on All That's Jazz. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much, Alan. Thanks for listening to this episode of All That's Jazz with drummer, composer, producer, and educator, Sana Kadora. We'd like to thank Ben Sedrin for the use of Mr. P's Shuffle as our theme song. And visit us again next time for another interesting conversation on All That's Jazz. If you liked today's episode, please leave us a five-star rating on the streaming service you use. All That's Jazz is available on every major streaming app, including Podbean, Apple Podcast, and Spotify, as well as Facebook and online at allthatsjazz.net.